Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Early Line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Kevin Walsh, taking you around the world of sports and trying to figure out how to make some money off of it. We cock-a-doodle-do it here every morning on SportsGrid. And, Kevin, we've got big news, okay, because the NFL schedule has been released. We're going to start there today. But i got to ask you first off. Mm-hmm. I think it's hysterical how the NFL just takes like normal business aspects that they are doing in their calendar and turning them into prime time events that generate huge ratings numbers. Now, I know some mm-hmm. of that is because of COVID-19, sure. but the fact that they have figured out how to claim other pieces of the sports calendar that are off season for them continues to amaze me. Yeah, I mean, it's that's it's definitely a good thing. And, I mean, there's always going to be leaks with certain things. And I think to some degree, maybe they wanted leaks to drive up excitement. But they they weren't even leaks. Like, the teams themselves all... At 7.30. Yeah, and that was really weird to me. I mean, I guess the purpose of these shows were more so supposed to be, we're going to have a three-hour special reacting to the full schedules. We're going to break these downs on NFL Network or ESPN or whatever it might be. But I thought that they were actually going to do a genuine release much closer Mm -hmm. uh, to the bracket show, right. That you would get kind of closer to March madness. Cause that I was like, you know, I was, I was talking, you know, here in the house. I'm like, guys, guys, like they're going to do the NFL schedule release on TV, which was like bizarre. And then they were like, wait, why didn't you watch it? I was like, that was stupid. It wasn't what it was. Like I, I knew the schedules all before it came out. Right. So I feel like they were almost there at a real, real special show. But Listen, it's going to be special because they're going to do a big ratings number satisfying all their advertisers, and it's going to be fine. And I think you're right. You know, March Madness is a good comparison. You know, when they release the brackets in March, it's like an hour-long show or a 90-minute show. But the content is actually out there, you know, two minutes after the telecast starts. And you can go on social media and see the full brackets or what have you. What I would also say is, you know, it's not a leak. If every NFL team right. is literally on their approved Twitter account, yeah. posting their schedule, doing it at 7.30, notifying the public that they're going to do it at 7.30, and then also have these weird creative like gifts or videos or pictures or themes when they are releasing. I mean, I think it was almost like the NFL knows this is happening and it's okay. Yeah. I don't think the television show that happened to uh, on the schedule release was more informing, but as as you mentioned, more analyzing and reacting to the schedule because we knew the schedule, Kevin. We've been doing this, you know, with a lot of teams. We know the home opponents. We know the road opponents. In essence, this was all about just finding what sequence it was all in. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe, you know, because, we, you know, you and I have talked about not really knowing how they're going to figure out the 17th game. Right. There's a formula, right? Yeah. Like, I've That's always an enjoyed, interesting question. Like, I always like getting to week 15 and then going, all right, let's figure out the Eagles schedule next year. Mm-hmm. Right? And you obviously just have right. to kind of Like, figure we're in second place. Who are the other second place teams? Yeah, exactly. Which division have we played in three years? It's, exactly. But now, we don't really know how they're going to do that for the 17th right. game. So maybe they can hold on to that. Although hmm. you, you usually, I mean, again, like they always release the opponents because the opponents is common knowledge. Like you just right. have to know the formula beforehand. But I wonder if maybe next year there's a special show to announce everyone's 17th, 17th game, opponent. which would be really, really like interesting stuff. 
that would be cool. I always wonder how do they do this for competitive balance, right? And it's going to mess up the formula. It's an odd number, right? So you already have the six division games, the four from one conference, the four from the uh, a division in your conference, and then the two based on your positioning. They have to come up with a some kind of formulaic way for that 17th game. But that's next year. Let's talk more about this year's schedule, Kevin. What were some of the big takeaways you had? I mean, it came on out. I know I've got a couple of things that I found interesting when you look at the schedule just in general what are the things you tend to look at is it do you look at the league overall do you look at your team the Eagles what do you do like okay it came out at 7 30 or at 8 o'clock what are your steps what are the things you look to notice first yeah I mean I always try and you know I'm of course I'm going to go to the Eagles schedule first and I, I you know you like to kind of figure out where the bye week is because um, I personally do believe that the way the bye week system is set up is silly. I don't think this should be something that spans from weeks five to twelve. I believe it is like no. I think I think that they should be willing to thin out weeks eight, nine, and ten, and have everybody's bye be in that three week window. Because the purpose of the bye week is to be you know it's almost them. It's meant to try and be a mid season break, right. and it's not. It's a random thing where you might play four games and get a break and now you've got to play the next you know however many 12 games on your schedule and and it's then a vice versa where you might start the season off playing 11 12 games in a row before you ever get your break um so that's always something that that's kind of bothered me um just kind of with the bi-week schedule i'll tell you the biggest thing i think that jumped out to me it was the first thing that i wrote you know i have a couple takeaways the first thing that jumped out to me though dane is that i really think the love for the Patriots is going to come back and bite the the networks, the league, and even betters as a whole. They are yeah. they are tied for the most primetime games with you know the Chiefs and the Ravens and the yeah, Niners. They got five. And unless there are people who are very very excited to watch the Patriots get clobbered in boring national television games, mm-hmm. maybe I'm. Maybe I'm, you know, mistaken. People will love to watch Jared Stidham throw his third interception. Right. But I just, I I cannot get behind this idea that this is the third best team in the AFC. No, I hear you. Listen, I'm I'm down on the, I think the schedule hurts the Patriots. Okay, I, I really do for a number of reasons. You talked about the road primetime games. I mean, they're at Seattle week two. Mm-hmm. For a Sunday night game, okay? They are at the Jets for a Monday night game in week nine. Then they are at the Rams in week 14 on a Thursday night football. That's three, okay? They have other primetime games against the Bills and against the Ravens. They also, Kevin, have something that I look for. I look for teams that have three road games back-to-back. Okay, because, you know, they're dragging ass by then. And the Patriots fit that description as well. They're on the road three weeks in a row. Week 13, 14, 15, they see the Chargers, then the Rams, and then the Dolphins in week 15. Okay, and now this is a good example because usually, you know, it's like, oh, the Patriots, yeah, they'll beat the Dolphins. But they struggle in Miami all the time. And in this situation, it's going to be the third of three road games in a row. I'll tell you right now, give me Miami and the points in week 15 um, when it comes to the Patriots. Real quick on the other thing you mentioned with the bye weeks, and then I want to hear more Mm -hmm. of your takeaways, Kevin. On the bye weeks, I agree, okay? The bye weeks start in week five. They go all the week 
to week 13 this year. But my biggest thing isn't that they're spread out so much. I agree with you that that's not, you know, smart. Mm-hmm. But some weeks there's two teams on buys and other weeks there's like six teams on buys. And I'm sorry, I have to break out my inner fantasy football manager. And that's just completely unbalanced. You know, mm-hmm. there's going to be some weeks like week uh, nine and 10, for example, yeah. where you have a lot of teams on buys. And then if there's other weeks like week five, like week 13 that only have two weeks, even it out. And make there be four teams on buys all of the, all these weeks, spreading out the pain for us fantasy football managers. Now, I know that with a pandemic going on, you know, kind of evening it out for the fantasy football clan is mm-hmm. not necessarily the priority. But I just think it's weird that they kind of stagger and wait or, or kind of heavily balance the buys in some weeks and not in others. So I agree with you there. What else did you notice about the schedule? So I would say the single biggest thing when it comes to the the schedule release didn't actually um, have to do with a singular game or matchup, but it was the report uh, that we got from Adam Schefter, which had to do with the flexibility of the Super Bowl and the flexibility of the season as a whole. Uh, Basically saying the Super Bowl can be played at any time. And I know you and I have kind of joked that I always bring it back to wrestling, wrestling, but honestly, the the Bucks are are supposed to be hosting the Super Bowl this year, and they lost out on WrestleMania. And I think that they're going to do everything that they can to make sure that they are hosting that mm. Super Bowl. And I think they're going to be more than willing to be flexible with, uh, you know, the, the league. So I think that's really, really interesting because it basically tells us where if they're not ready to go on, what is it, September 10th, I believe, is that Thursday nighter mm-hmm. uh, with the Texans and the Chiefs. Yep. It's not going to be, all right, that's one lost week. Uh, or it's, it's no, we're, we're moving it back. We're moving back our start date, and there's a, a willingness to do that. And they've put right. some kinks within this schedule, such as uh, all week two opponents. Have sharing, the same bye. Yeah, the same bye week, which is a very, very interesting thing. But I thought that was really, really probably the single most important thing that came out was us trying to understand that they have these built-in safety plans when it comes to the playing this full schedule out. Yeah, um, and there are a number of them. You mentioned one about the week two opponents sharing the bye. So if they have to sacrifice, you know, weeks one and two, they can move week one all the way back and become week 18. They can move week two and kind of fill in the shared open dates. They've also, as you mentioned, started to talk to Tampa Bay about potentially looking at other dates in February. I think February 28th, which Mm -hmm. is three weeks later, is a date that they are uh, targeting. So let's just make sure that there's no Katy Perry concert or anything like that going on in Tampa in that time. I also think it's interesting, you know, Kevin, I'm a slightly bit older than you, so I remember when there was only one week in between the championship games and the Super Bowl. They have now since made it two weeks. You put the Pro Bowl in there, but that's obviously something that can be compromised as well. Any other takeaways you've got uh, from the schedule overall? Because I have a few, and then we're going to look literally at week one, you know, what I call Christmas morning in in my lifetime. You know, on week one on Sunday, I wake up and there's presents under the tree in the form of NFL football. What is another one of the things that you saw or noticed um, in this schedule release? Yeah, I've got a few more here, but I'll throw you one. uh, You know, you just mentioned Christmas morning. I think it was interesting to see the NFL is going for Christmas Day. A Friday game, a a considerably big game, I would say, with the Saints, the Vikings playing. It's interesting because it's Christmas Day football. It was also interesting to me because sometimes I feel like these leagues have these backdoor handshake agreements that today's your day, today's your day, kind of how the 
NBA and the NHL work out their playoff schedule, right. the finals and the Stanley Cup never really crossing paths. And I just think the NBA has pretty much owned Christmas now for a little bit. And if obviously if it fell on a Sunday, that's a completely different ball game than that is the NFL's day. But it fell on a Friday, not even a Saturday fell on a Friday, and they made a massive adjustment to come uh, and get a piece of that Christmas day, try and get a big rating, and it just, you know, jumped out to me. I, I thought that was a little bit surprising. Yeah, you know, they don't usually claim Christmas Day. That's usually a day for the NBA. There's even proposals out there about the NBA season now starting on Christmas yep. Day, depending on, you know, how much has to be compromised with COVID-19. But there was some buzz about that for the NBA, at least before this pandemic hit. So, you know, that's what I mentioned. The NFL just claiming ground in the sports calendar wherever it sees fit. It's like an army. You know, I think the NFL could actually occupy small nations, both militarily and financially. If need be, obviously, they have the holiday of Thanksgiving as well. Some interesting games on Thanksgiving. It'll be the Washington football team that goes to Dallas for a traditional game. It'll be the Houston Texans that go to Detroit for that one o'clock traditional game on Thanksgiving. And then get ready after the turkey and the tryptophan has set in. You'll be laying on the couch. You're going to see Steelers Ravens on Thursday night. Talk about a rivalry. When we come back on the other side of the break, we will continue to look at the schedule some more of what Kevin saw, some of what I take away as well. And then we'll look into week one because we're going to start trying to make some money. It's the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin, come on back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome, everybody, back into the early line. Dane and Kevin. And we're looking at the NFL schedule, which was released late last week um, here on the weekend edition of the early line. Kevin was saying, listen, you know, it's interesting. The kind of reputation of the Patriots is something very interesting. And so the, they're the public team. They're still on prime time a ton. But, you know, this may be a different team. We're going to see Jared Stidham getting a lot of prime time ratings. We shall see. But it seems like there's a number of teams that were kind of the network favorites right Kevin you know I think five games on your schedule to be on prime time now there's a kind of a union agreement right every team has to have at least one prime time game but that's why you always see like week mm -hmm. three Thursday night is like Jacksonville versus Tennessee you know so you start to see those but they have to fulfill those obligations every team needs at least one prime time game some of the uh, least lesser popular teams wind up on a random Thursday night but sometimes mm -hmm. teams get the Scott spotlight five times this season the Patriots are one of them who are some of the other teams that get that kind of spotlight. Yeah, so uh, a lot of the big names, right? Like there are some that are that you could easily expect, right? To to cut that Chiefs, list. So Ravens, Chiefs, Ravens, Niners, Packers, uh, and the Cowboys um, all are, are able to make the cut for that list. And and those are also teams that are very popular in name, but that it also makes a lot of sense because of the talent that they have. Right. Like those are obviously all teams that are uh, up there. The other team that maybe somewhat could fall in the same. Um, idea as the Patriots is the Rams. The Rams okay. also uh, got those five games, um, which I thought maybe was a stretch. And then the final team uh, was the Bucks, um, that ah. also got five. And obviously we that, know about that. 
Right. Like, and that, and that wasn't surprising, but I thought, but I even, I mean, I personally am, am would be higher, I think on the Rams than this Patriot season. Um, and like I said, it, you know, those, some of those teams, you know, make all the sense in the world, right? right? Like I'm sure networks would wish they could give the Cowboys and the Chiefs and the Ravens a mm-hmm. sixth and a seventh primetime game if they could. Um, but I just felt like the Patriots and to a lesser degree, the Rams um, are teams that I don't know if they belong as much on that list with the rest of those teams. Yeah, that's interesting. You know what? I'll even squeeze another team in there. Okay, you say it's five teams. I'm going to challenge you and say it's actually six. Okay, because the New Orleans Saints have four of those kind of games. Okay, they're at Las Vegas on a Monday night. They have the Chargers on a Monday night. They have the Packers on a Sunday night. They have the Bucks on a Sunday night. But then they also have that Christmas game, which is a standalone yeah, game that's point. on some level as well against the Vikings, right? So I don't know what time of day that's going to be, but it's a national kind of opportunity the spotlight will still be on them for a fifth time in the season you mentioned tampa bay and i think that's very very interesting because as we know this is a team that usually is a thursday night football kind of team a more nondescript kind of team but not with tom brady and rob gronkowski in tow and here's what i noticed about them yes they have a lot of prime time appearances but i think the end of their schedule sets up very nicely for tom brady and the buccaneers and here's why They never have a cold-weather game. If you look at their road schedule, after, say, uh, they played the Panthers week 10 in Carolina, okay? And I don't even think that's going to be that cold, okay? It's Carolina in November. It'll be okay. Then they're at home for the rest of their season. They have one of those late buys week 13. Their only two road games after that are at Atlanta, which is indoors, and at Detroit which is indoors. So the Tampa Bay Bucks, after like, you know, Veterans Day, let's say, will never need to be outside in any kind of cold weather. And I think that helps the old man under center. Now, I know he can do it. He's done it in New England for a long time. But I do think it's interesting that the Bucks will never have to really travel in the elements. Those are some of the things I look to, especially for the quote-unquote cold weather teams or the quote-unquote warm weather teams to see if the schedule gives them a benefit. Like, for example, the Miami Dolphins usually do well in September at home when teams Mm. come on into them but they don't have many of those opportunities the bills come in week three i'm excuse me week two the seahawks come in week four but they don't have another home game until week seven they're on the road a lot early so usually it's a good thing when teams come into miami in september when it's still hot but they don't have as much time to take advantage of that meanwhile the bucks do get to take advantage of it not going into any cold weather cities um in the months of november or december yeah, I think I think that that's great, and I think you know I'm sure that some degree. Now, obviously, you know you don't know how it's exactly going to set up, but I'm sure that was part of the attraction of, of kind of going to Tampa Bay and just having maybe. a feel for even maybe what that schedule was. I, I think it would be silly, uh, you know, to think that Tom Brady did not think out every single right. piece of this decision. I'm sure he did. I'll give you another one that's actually along those lines, and I know that. Uh, we've talked like the Tampa, Ravens. Just, sorry, they're road short, games short, that short. would be cold. They're on the yeah. road for Denver. They're on the road for Chicago. Yeah, but it's weeks three and five of the season. You know no, what I mean? Yeah. No, that's yeah. perfect. That's totally perfect. And um, the, the one that I'll throw out to you is I know we talked the Ravens, obviously, uh, at length yesterday. Yeah. But one of the things is when the schedule releases, you know, people start to look at more caveats. And, you know, some of the things that popped out for the Ravens um, were things that somewhat had already, you know, you could have calculated beforehand, but it was really put into perspective that um, after week two, they do not leave 
the East Coast time zone again. After week two, the Ravens do not leave the East Coast time zone again. They do not go west once this season. The furthest they go is actually Houston. Houston to play the Texans. And again, that matchup week two. The miles that they are traveling is the fewest of any team over the last four seasons. Wow. Their schedule, based on last year's winning percentage, is the easiest in the league. Now, that is an imperfect way to do it because rosters improve. So if you put their strength of schedule based on projected win totals for this upcoming season, it is still top five easiest in the league. Again, we talked about the Ravens a lot yesterday, and it was a conversation I believe we had off air. I don't know if it made it on air, but it was about the Ravens and their record, right? And could this mm-hmm. team potentially just have the best record in the league? I actually, I right. think I said, yeah, I'd love to just bet them to win the AFC. That is actually a prop that is available at the FanDuel Sportsbook. And okay. they have the same odds as the Chiefs. They are joint favorites for, be best, record, yeah, for best record in the league. So that's, mm-hmm. that's AFC and NFC combined. But it is at plus 420. And after really kind of getting the full scope of just the lack of travel that exists for the Ravens and the strength of opponents. And as you talk this out, I know I pinned them for 11 and five, but there's a lot of things that have kind of really, really worked in this team's favor where plus 420 on the team who had, uh, you know, joint tied best record in the league last year, I believe the Niners to have that same season is absolutely worth the look. Yeah, absolutely. When you talk about their road games, I'm looking at the Ravens schedule at Houston week two. That's what you're talking about. Otherwise, their road games are bus trips, not flights, if need be, right? I mean, Washington is clearly close. Philly is clearly close. Indy, New England, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. And then they finish up at Cincinnati Week 17. I also got to tell you, the end of the season looks very kind to the Baltimore Ravens as well. They finished with four of five games at home. Three of their last games are against teams that I don't think expect to contend. Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Bengals. That's how they finish off 15, 16, 17. They may be able to coast if they're competing for one of those top seeds. Remember, the only buy is the one seed. And then you mentioned the fantasy playoffs, right? Weeks 14, 15, and 16, they are at home. All three games for the Browns, the Jags, and the New York football Giants. An interesting schedule for that defense for the fantasy playoffs. You know, one other thing I saw, and this is interesting, Kevin, you talked about the flexibility before. um, How they could, you know, with the buys being the same for week two, how they can move some of the schedule. The other part of flexibility that I think is interesting is, as you know, in December, the NFL does a few Saturday games. Right. This is after usually the Heisman Trophy is awarded when we get into kind of bowl season and college football has kind of vacated Saturday. There comes the NFL plugging right in. But they have made this kind of a flex part of their schedule as of now. None of the games are on Saturday, but I would imagine that in week 15 and 16, you are going to start to see that in the same way that like they flex games into Sunday night football. I think they will start to flex some games into Saturdays as well. One thing I mentioned, Tampa Bay going to be kind of smooth sailing uh, for the late part of their season. We talked about the Saints Vikings games on Christmas. I want to tell you the other teams that have three 
back-to-back road games. I mentioned the Patriots. It's very interesting for them. The Saints are a contender. They have to deal with this in weeks 12, 13, and 14. In the middle of a playoff push, they go at Denver, at Atlanta, and then at your Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Kevin. So the Eagles benefit. They will get the Saints outdoors and tired and weary from their road trip. And this is across the country, Denver to Atlanta to Philly. So keep an eye on that game. Another team that faces this is the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals see that earlier in the season, weeks four, five, and six. They go from Carolina to the Jets to Dallas. And then the last team that does that is the Washington football team. They do it in weeks 12, 13, and 14 when they go to Dallas, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco. I mean, Washington maybe not be a playoff contender, but for teams like New England, for teams like New Orleans, and even at Arizona, that last game of a three-game road trip mm-hmm. may be one that, you know, when we were just playing the win game by game kind of idea, you didn't think about, but now that it's the end of a long road trip, it may ding them for that third one, making it a little bit harder. Yeah, you know, it's it's a really, really good point, right? And, uh, you know, if we were to do this exercise, yes, uh, you know, a couple days ago, right? Right. You gave me the Eagles schedule, right? And I obviously, you know, it's already difficult as an Eagles fan because I feel like they're going to win all these games, right? And I'd be like, ah, they probably lose to the Saints, right? Because, you know, you're like, ah, let me give them that one. Right. But now it's it's going to be their third, the Saints third in a row. Exactly. So, and, and, and it absolutely kind of changes, you know, the calculus of this stuff. Yeah. It, it, it has a massive impact on these things. Like that is why you, the, the schedule matters so much, even when you're, mm-hmm. oh, you're playing this team off of a bye. Right. That's a big deal. Like last year, Kevin, and, and I haven't fully gone through the schedule later on this week, we'll dig even more into it and give you more nuggets as we see and how it helps you with futures markets, fantasy football drafts and the like last year. And an, another ironic quirk of the schedule, the Patriots had something like seven games and like six in a row mm. where their opponent was coming off extended rest. Either their opponent had the bye or their opponent played like Thursday night football the week previous, you know, and they were going through a stretch where their opponent was rested. And it takes things like that take a little bit more digging into the schedule. But I think it's very, very important when we look at these teams comprehensively. I'll I'll, I'll add to that, too. I mean, it was was two or three seasons ago. Uh, um, I remember the Eagles had to play three straight games off teams coming off. The Eagles had the pass off the bye last year, I think. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, oh, trust me, I know. But the Eagles had to play, it was two or three years ago, three straight games off teams coming off full right. buys. It was the Vikings, the Giants, and the Cowboys. And I'm like, right. I'm like, this, and it was all, I was like, you're making the schedule. It's not like, oh, bad luck, bad luck of the draw. You made the schedule that way. You have to know how much of a disadvantage that is. Three right. consecutive, like full it's buys. Tough. And it's, you know, but again, like, obviously they have to try and figure out scheduling and they're trying it's to make it such a big puzzle, Kevin. Yeah, I have no idea how they ever fit it together, honestly. but Because they have to honor so many different things, right? Television contracts. You don't know if, like, the Pope is coming to stay mass at MetLife Stadium randomly. I always say if there's, like, an Ariana Grande concert. Well, we will continue to dig into the schedule and find value. What do we like? What are we fading based off this information? It's Dane and Kevin on the early line. Come on back. We are giving you the edge right now here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. 
all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, welcome back. Here to the early line, I'm Dane, he's Kevin. We've been looking at the NFL schedule, which was released late last week. We're starting to find nuggets. We have some takeaways. And ultimately, how that impacts the value in the betting markets. You know, we're talking about things like where the bye weeks fall. And Kevin made the point of how it puts your team behind the eight ball if you're facing an opponent with extended rest. I talked about consecutive road games, like a three-game road trip, and what that potentially means for the last game of that road trip. These are things that we didn't necessarily see when we just knew the opponents when we just knew home road because we're hanging win totals we're hanging division odds without knowing where there's traps in the schedule and that's what we're trying to find for you right here on the early line but another thing you mentioned kevin was this idea of these rookie quarterbacks right and we've been talking will tua will herbert will burrow will they be starting week one will they get the baton passed to them mid-season will they get the keys to the car late in the season like drew Locke did last year and it's interesting there's multiple opportunities for these uh first round quarterbacks to potentially face each other in the season yeah, uh, you mentioned, I believe, potentially week one, we could see uh, right. Herbert versus Burrow in the Bengals, the Bengals Chargers. Versus the Chargers, yep. Which is a little upsetting, right? Because I wish it was later in the season, because I feel like we'd be more likely, of course, to get that matchup. But what right. jumped out to me when it came to these rookie quarterbacks is kind of the importance that they might have to the league. It, with, with all due respect to last year's quarterback class, but, you know, Daniel Jones went sixth, didn't start the season, right. added Duke. The hype is not. He was there, though. He was he was sure. big time PR, just like you know Absolutely. Burrow. Absolutely, absolutely, right. Um, Kyler was there, and then you know, and Haskins was coming out of Ohio State, but he didn't get the job. It was Case Keenum, where Burrow is is on week two, Thursday night football, prime time against the Browns, and you look at it, right, and on the you go ah, oh, classic Thursday night football, man, not a great game, but it's like ah, Burrow, prime time. Because right. how many people are going to be able to watch that game week one with all all of week one opening up, right? That one's a, yeah, I'll catch it when it comes across my screen on red zone. I'm not watching that one live. And then week three, you've got an absolute barn burner with the Dolphins and the Jaguars. Once again, classic Thursday night football, right. two very low-level teams. But, oh, if Tua Tungavailoa is there, this is amazing. Maybe the best chance Tua has to get a win on the whole season, if, again, he's a starting quarterback. We know the odds suggest it's Fitzpatrick. But I thought that that kind of jumped out to me a bit because I believe the hype around those two guys specifically right. is, is, is massive, right? I mean, Burrow's coming off an iconic season at LSU, and Tua Tungabailoa has been in our eye for three years dating back to the national championship game that he came in and won. I just think that now, even them being bad, we will be interested in them, which was – I think far less the case kind of with the situations that the Bengals had last year. I mean, at times the Dolphins were interesting uh, because it was like, are they going to be 0-16? And then I was like, oh, are they going to ruin the Patriots season? That's what Fitzpatrick can do. But I just think that these guys being able to elevate their status, even with losing, even with losing, I thought was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. And then you mentioned these quarterbacks. We'll see Burrow versus Tua potentially as well in week 13 yeah. as the Bengals will see the Miami Dolphins on their schedule. I do think that's pretty interesting. Another thing I look at in the schedule, you know, I'm trying to find ways where I could get some leans here. And 
I told you about the back-to-back-to-back road games. Another thing I think of, and we say it all the time, is on Thursday night football, on Monday night football, it's a tough it's a tough spot for the road team. Okay, on on Thursday night football, we talk about how, you know, it's that short rest and you have to travel. On Monday night football, you got the fans geeked up, you know, even NFL players will tell you they get up for Monday night and it's very hard to go into someone's building on Monday night in what is a spotlight game for them and win. So I also looked at some teams that have multiple primetime games on the road. Now, you talked about how there's about eight teams that have like five primetime games. And so it's natural. If you have five five primetime games, some of them are going to be on the road, right? But there are some other teams. Like, for example, the Denver Broncos, who's a team I know we're both interested in. They have multiple primetime games on the road. I believe they see the Jets on the road on a Thursday night football. And they go to Kansas City for a Sunday night football. And that game against the Jets, for example... That might be a game, Kevin, when we were just doing the win-loss going through opponents. You may say, oh, on the road against the Jets, I'll give them that. But not if it's Thursday night football. And I think that is something that can change it. Green Bay also has this. They're on the road primetime to San Francisco and on the road primetime to the Saints. So those are games like, oh, you're like a division champ, maybe, you know, revenge kind of games. They got a shot. But in prime time, it makes it that much tougher. The Houston Texans also behind the eight ball. As you know, they open the season as the sacrificial lamb for the Chiefs as they hang a banner. And then they also, in another kind of tough spot, on Thanksgiving, they're on the road at Detroit. And you might be like, yeah, they can get Detroit on the road. No problem. But it's Thanksgiving, so it's a yeah. different game. It's like the Super Bowl for the Lions. So for me, the, the Texans' primetime games puts them in a bad spot, the season opener and Thanksgiving on the road. That ain't easy. Um, so what do you think about that, the idea that primetime games on the road are a tough spot for these teams? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree. I think the Thanksgiving point is probably the best one that you can use to, the, uh, to that example. Because on the surface, you will say to yourself, ah, the Texans got the Lions. Now, I actually think the Lions right. might be a little bit closer to the Texans than people think. And I think that's me pulling – both teams in the other, the opposite in opposite directions of where mm-hmm. they're perceived, but yeah, I think I think it's a really really good point. Like it's it's already a lot to have to kind of travel there, I, you know. And now it's it's that this added built up pressure of it all, and these other teams that because you might say right, like oh the Texans will be extra fired up to play on Thanksgiving, right? Okay, maybe maybe, but so are the Lions. So right. you're now about to get the Lions' best shot. That's it. And th- when the Broncos go to New York, you're going to get the Jets' best shot. Nobody's sleepwalking right. through a Thursday nighter. That is the only spotlight game for the Detroit Lions all season. They get that Thanksgiving mm-hmm. game, and that's it. In essence, that is their Super Bowl. And here yeah. comes the Texans walking into town. So, like I said, you know, these spots are just hard for the road teams and teams that have to deal with that multiple times. Like, check it out, the Cowboys. And I know they have a lot of primetime games, right? But a lot of them on the road. Okay, they have a Thursday night um, at Baltimore. They have Sunday night at Philly, and they have one of those Sunday night games in Los Angeles against the Rams. So the Cowboys have it stacked against them, having to go on the road in kind of primetime spotlight games as well. Kevin, anything else you noticed from the schedule on a big picture level um, You know that you want to note for the fans that may have an impact when they're uh, throwing their shekel somewhere? Well, I'll tell you the one thing is you always talk about um, when you first get the schedule, what do you do? And one of the first yeah. things I will do is I will go to week 17. 
Yeah. Because that is there is still some questions uh, that are left as to what will be our Sunday nighter. And if you take a look at the slate that they've given wow. us, uh, it seems, you know, if they were to set lines, which game will be flexed for Sunday Night Football Week 17? Your favorite, and maybe an odds-on favorite, actually, would be a repeat of last year's matchup between the Niners and the Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, I would say of all the matchups we got there, maybe the only one between the two best teams actually, the perceived two best teams, I should say, in a division. Maybe some people would push me on Chiefs Chargers, uh, but right. I still think there's a bigger gap there that exists between those football teams uh, than relatively to the Seahawks Niners. But the other thing that as then I was looking at that, that kind of hit me as a reminder is yeah. every single game here weirdly could be in play because yeah. of the seven uh, team that will now make the playoffs. Right. Now the wild card. Like I was looking at Cardinals Rams in that same division. Could both of those teams, you know, be seven and eight going into it. But the team that goes eight and eight with the tiebreaker gets that seven spot. Broncos Raiders, I think like could actually have a, a similar, a similar chance on week 17. And I'll tell you another one, Kevin, because you and I have been talking about this. We've been staying in the AFC North for this week. Steelers Browns, Week 17, it's a similar kind of thing, right? Yeah. Could both of those teams be like the fifth and the sixth seed going into the week where whoever lose gets like scooped, you know, by the Tennessee Titans or the Chargers <laughs> or something like that? Yeah. It's very possible. I think it's interesting how they backload the division games for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that, and that's just – I always – because I, I like that it's still like, oh, all right, what we'll do here? Like it's like we get, we have to predict. And right. um, I, thought, I thought it was interesting that we could see the flex repeat, but it was a reminder to me that – you know what? There's going to be a lot of teams in the hunt, even still come week 17. Yeah, absolutely. The last thing I'll say here on the schedule, at least for now, because I've been looking also at uh, the Raiders, the Chargers, mm. and the Rams, because their home games are in buildings that aren't done yet, Kevin. You yeah. know, and I was wondering, are they going to front load a lot of road games for these teams, maybe giving you an extra week of construction? Because remember, construction teams aren't getting much work done right now. And it's interesting, you know, the Raiders are on the road to start. They go to Carolina to start, but they're home for Monday night, right away week two to host the Saints. The The Chargers and the Rams, they kind of alternate who's at home, right? Because they share the building. So yeah. week one, it's set for Sunday night, Rams-Cowboys. So we'll cool. see um, if those buildings are ready to go. I do yeah. believe the first thing that was supposed to happen in SoFi Stadium was at the end of July, there was supposed to be, and I always make this joke, but I think literally there's like an Ariana Grande uh -huh, or a uh -huh. Katy Perry or a Taylor Swift sure. concert. Maybe it's Taylor Swift that's supposed to open the stadium in late July. Now, Swift. talk about reading the tea leaves of the KBO or Bundesliga to see if we're ready. If, you know, if Taylor Swift can't have that concert in late July yeah. or August. I don't know how the Chargers or Rams are playing there a few weeks later. Well, that's actually another really interesting kind of takeaway, right? You talk about reading the tea leaves. Is yeah. clearly the NFL not opting to play it safe with the schedule. Um, now, clearly, they probably have their hands tied when it comes to the the sharing uh, of you know uh, the stadium out there in LA. Yeah. But it's nice. a same situation, Jets Giants. But those are two areas where. You know, if you had your druthers, you'd probably prefer to keep uh, those teams on the road a little bit earlier in the season. And that's going to be, I think, one of these things that we are really going to have to find out. If there are four teams whose states are like, no, 
I don't care. Then what? Right. Are we are we neutral siding it? Is it your home game's a road game? Right. What are we what are we gonna be doing? Yeah, I think that is really interesting. Remember, they've canceled all the international games already in London yeah. or Mexico City. And for me, here's what it is, Kevin. The NFL is just lucky because the NFL knows that they're not gonna have to make this decision first. Sure. You know what I mean? Like NBA, Major League Baseball. They're going to show the way. They're going to have to, like, make their decisions first on yeah. if we're going, if fans are in the building. And when we get to Labor Day, the NFL will know everything it needs to already because they'll know if Major League Baseball is happening in all of these states. They'll know if fans are there. They'll know what the precautions are that need to be taken and how the public is reacting to them. So they're lucky to be, like, letting the NBA or Major League Baseball kind of be their trial balloon. I did notice – I didn't see preseason schedules anywhere, though, I right? Did. No, oh, I you did. did. I so did. those have come out as yeah. well, because I didn't see that as but much. Schef but remember, Schefter said they're ready to pull. And but that'll be sacrificed easy. But by the time we hit September, you know, the NFL will already know what they need to do because Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, horse racing, golf, the SEC, they'll be doing it already. All right. When we come back on the other side of the break, we look at what I just called Christmas morning, week one of the NFL schedule, and we try and pick some winners. Dane and Kevin making you some money. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. All right, everybody, we are back here on the early line. Dane and Kevin, we've been looking at the NFL schedule you know, thinking about the things that we notice, whether it's hard primetime road games, whether it's the amount of travel teams will have, whether it's back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back road games, whether it's where the bye weeks are, you know, some of the things that you need to look at, who your opponents are on Monday Night Football, who you play week 17, you know, who, who are the teams on Thanksgiving. These are the things we are looking at, and we've given you some of the nuggets that we look to try to get some value. Now we turn our attention, Kevin, to week one. I've already said, like, I don't know how you feel but on the Sunday of week one of the NFL I wake up and it's like for me an adult version of Christmas morning right because I know everyone's excited and we finally yeah. get to do it we finally get to see these teams in action for real I finally have my fantasy teams or my bets or my DFS lineups starting to earn me some money oh, yeah. it is literally one of my favorite days of the year someone once asked me what's my favorite day of the year and I said I don't know but I can tell you my 19 favorite days of the year and then my birthday <laughs> Christmas and seven football Sundays in the NFL. Yeah, no, I mean, I love it. It's, it's, you know, like last year I was very, I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to kind of be, you know, back with the grid and everything uh, as the season was getting underway. And I mean, I remember, and I know it wasn't that Sunday, but I was, I was there on the, the Monday night doubleheader and we, we had, uh, it was Texans Saints and it was that crazy finish. Right. And with the, the, the touchdown, to I think it was maybe Will Fuller, and then they Will Lutz had the crazy field goal, and it was one of those things. I was like, "Ah, oh, look at you, you beautiful thing. I love, I love all of this being back." And yeah, I mean, it's it, even just there's just something about Week One where it for, like it's the same is true for two and three. Like actually, Week Two has more Sunday games than Week One, but it right, feels like there's better. a thousand games on. 
and you're like, all of these are the most interesting yeah. game I've ever seen in the whole world. It's amazing. Absolutely. And every team like still has a chance, you know, to be a playoff contender. Even your fantasy team still can win the championship when you're sitting at zero. <laughs> and zero. All right. Um, Kevin, during the football season here on the network, I do a show called Fantasy Freestyle. It's mm. been nominated for the best show in the industry twice, by the way. But one of the things I do every week when we're looking at a week's slate, I look at the road dogs okay because that is a trend that i like to look at and i like to lean towards right the road dogs and there are some at play here in week one so i want to bounce some of the road dogs for week one off of you and say would you take the points with that home dog or is that road team coming in in week one remember now uh just too good right because remember opening day i also lean to the home team like we're going to give a knockout pick and i'll never pick a road team in a knockout pool in week one right so let's look at these home dogs for week one the first home dog i see is the jacksonville jaguars they are getting seven and a half points as they welcome the indianapolis colts to town now i know you and i have talked about the colts we're pretty high on the colts philip rivers new team going into jacksonville we believe at this point it'll be gardner Minshew on their center because i don't think they're trying to win games yeah. and i don't think they're going to win this one the question is is seven and a half it's more than a touchdown you yeah. get the hook as well would you take the jags getting seven and a half points at home against the colts i absolutely would absolutely okay. and i i you know last year was the most i have bet in the nfl comfortably right uh i'm i am still somewhat in my infancy That's all um right. but i think He's i have I think I have learned quite a bit because as we will continue to roll through this, I was like, oh, I'll take points here. I'll take points here. Because I, I always right. just like, ah, like I'm whatever. They're going to win anyway. Why wouldn't they win by seven and a half? Mm. But like, I, look, I like the Colts as well, right? Yep. And they're even one of the teams, like yesterday, a lot of the conversations is it's seemingly they might have the easiest schedule kind of by however you want to judge it. Um, I think with the combined, you know, protected win totals method, they have the easiest schedule uh, for this upcoming season. And part of that is playing the Jags twice. But Seven and a half in an opener on the road. That's right. Philip Rivers, no, you have not earned that type of trust, pal. Give me the Jacksonville Jaguars, no doubt. All right, fair enough. So you're taking the points and the hook for the Jaguars, the team we think may be one of the worst in the NFL. Another home dog out there is a team that was the worst in the NFL last year. Joe Burrow in his opener will be three and a half point dogs with the Los Angeles Chargers coming into town. Now it may be another rookie quarterback in Justin Herbert, but remember the Chargers are nomads. They last year played in essence 16 road games anyway. They travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. The Bengals will be getting three and a hook. You like Joe Burrow in the debut? Man, I tell you, this is, this is a really, really good one here because the Chargers defense really could have Joe That's Burrow true. Like, wondering For where lunch. everybody is. Hey, yeah. hey, where's Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Joe Brady? <laughs> That's Edward right. Hilaire. Get introduced like, to Melvin Ingram and Boza instead. Exactly, right? Like, it's just one of those situations. But also, I will say this about Joe Burrow. He did create a level of aura around him yeah. where I can easily picture Joe Burrow That's now college, for his... No, no, 100%. But also... Because every single time I watched Joe Burrow, he was walking off the field throwing touchdown four of the game. Right. It's like, oh, God, I don't know how I feel about going against this guy. And the Chargers are a team who I am up and down on. It's it's yeah. hot and cold. And they're still the Chargers, right? Like three and a half on them with the road? No, I think I'd, I'd rather give Joe Burrow a shot here, getting three and a half in his home debut. 
All right, fair enough. I was with you on the Jaguars. I think they're going to win. They're going to lose that game, but in one of those weird kind of close games, like, you know, I can see Phillip Rivers pulling out at the end. I'm going to go with the Chargers on this one. I think that offensive line for the Bengals will not stand up to the Chargers pass rush, and we're going to see that. I don't care if you're Joe Burrow, if you're running for your life the entire time. It could be a little bit different. Another home dog out there, the Washington football team. They host your Philadelphia Eagles in week one, going down I-95. It's five and a half points. What do you say? Yeah, I uh, I, I'm, I, I got the Eagles here. So the thing is, it was uh, – No, but here's the thing. It was pretty funny. The other day in uh, one of the sports grid group chats, uh, they were, people were talking about the schedule release. I'm like uh, – they were like, what's come out? I'm like, I know the Eagles got the Redskins. And Mike Blewett, um, the, you know, the always great Mike Blewett, was like 0-1. And I responded to him with a quote. I'm, and I'm going to be like, after that game, everyone's going to be basically saying, oh, they should have took Okuda, man. Chase Young <laughs> it would impact the game enough. Last year, Deshaun Jackson had two touchdowns, 100-plus yards, 10 catches, was out of this world. It's going to be more the same. That secondary is the – the Redskins are going to be bad. And I think the Eagles are going to be one of the most revenge-seeking teams in the league. And – Last year, they opened with the Redskins and allowed themselves to get down big early. I don't think they make that same mistake again. What do you know? An Eagles fan says the Eagles get the road win in week one. What do you think, Dane? Tell me, am I biased or do you agree? Don't put it on me here. I think Philly will win the game. I don't know about five. Five and a half is that no man's land also. Could I see this a 21-17 game? Yes. You know, so we'll see. Um, I like the Eagles to win. I don't know if I'd lay the number. There are probably other places I would bet instead. Another road dog is out there in Los Angeles. They take on the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, that's the Sunday night football game. Uh, The Rams will be at home getting points against the Cowboys. This is interesting to me. What do you say? I hate this game. I hate this game because one of my my main issues last year was, well, I got I to gotta get it on the primetime game. No matter what I've done from 1 o'clock to 4 o'clock, you got to be on the primetime game. And this game here, it's so funny, but it is the game that you will probably pull the most away from when it comes to week one matchups. Because Dallas last year couldn't beat good teams. They just could not beat good teams. But I don't know if the Rams are a good team or not. And the Rams, like... Will this game tell you more about the Rams or more about the Cowboys? I hate, like... Yes, the answer is both. It really, but it really, really is. Like if Dallas wins, right? I'm yep. not going to say, okay, that means the Rams are bad. Of course, it's going to depend on how right. this game looks. Ultimately, though, I'm going to lean with the Rams. It, this Cowboys team, I will adjust as the season comes along. I think they had a, I think they had, a, you know, a great, great draft. But I, I still have my question marks, and I'm not willing to lay points on the road against the Rams team that. Yeah, some people think it could be six and ten, but I also see a world where they are ten and six. There is still talent left on that roster. There is talent on that roster. They are at home and they are getting points in a prime time game. So it's interesting. You know, right around three points is tough for me. I'll yeah. You know, I, I do think the Cowboys are loaded on offense. I've been fading the Rams for a long time. Maybe Dallas can get it done. And then on the first Monday night football game of the season, we have another example of a home dog. This time it's three in the hook. The Giants host the Pittsburgh Steelers. Big Ben coming in not to see Eli Manning, but to see Danny Dimes instead. The Giants at MetLife hosting the Steelers. They're getting three in the hook. What say you? I have actually already picked this game through ah, our uh, through our schedule breakdown. That's true. Now the thing is, right now this would have been a, I I could change here. Um, and of course, this being the first game because for the it's Steelers, a prime time game. 
first game with Big Ben, there's going to be a lot there. But also, again, like in Tomlin's career, they are far better as underdogs than as favorites. And I think even as home favorites, he's much better. Rah, rah, they don't believe in us. Then let's go out there and do what we got to do type of situation. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm rolling. I'm rolling with the Giants. Unbiased journalists. See, I'm giving the Giants their due. I like what you're doing over there. Remember, the Steelers, and Big Ben specifically, has had dramatic home road splits in his career, right? Like at yes. Heinz Field, they score 40. They put up a 50-burger on people. You know, this is an improved Giants defense. I have a lot of questions about Pittsburgh. I really don't know. And this is early in the season. I don't know if Big Ben is going to be 100%. I don't know, you know, how they're going to integrate some of the new skill position players they have, Claypool and McFarlane. It seems like they're down on James Conner. I'm very up in the air about the Pittsburgh Steelers. You give me three in the hook at home in a jacked-up MetLife Stadium sure. on opening weekend primetime. I will also take the Giants and the three-and-a-half points. So there you have it. That's a look at week one, and we find it interesting. What we're going to continue to do, Kevin, you know, next week we will go to the NFC North. We did the mm. AFC North this week. We're going to do the NFC North as we do our kind of roster reset and the way-too-early line. So we'll look yeah. at their draft hall, and we'll start to spin it forward and we start to see figure out you know and it's going to be an interesting division because we were just talking about it their win totals for three of the four teams are all like within a game of each other we'll do that next week i know that there's an event at the end of this weekend kevin that you are uh going to be paying attention to in this first week of us doing the show together you must have mentioned professional wrestling about a dozen times (laughs) and the wwf will have an interesting pay-per-view on uh sunday night right money in the bank and they're doing it a different creative way right they're going to be at the corporate headquarters i believe yeah it's wild um they're gonna go throughout the main building uh there is a ring on top of it there's this whole big setup Yes, on the roof. Nice. On the roof. There's a ring. Do you know the weather report for Connecticut on Sunday? No. I mean, now, I, I there's no way it's live. So I don't know okay. when this is going to be. Tape. It, it might already be filmed, maybe. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's at the minimum going to be interesting. I don't see a world where it is not entertaining. Whether it is entertaining because it is awesome or it is entertaining <laughs> because it is bad. Our it is be, yes, it is going to be entertaining. All right, something to be rubbernecking for. So now I understand that there are six guys in this match, right? And they have to, like, grab this briefcase, and then they get a a title shot in essence, right? So we only got about a minute left. I, you know, watched wrestling a little bit. I'm going to go with Aleister Black to win the money in the bank. What say you? We got about 30 seconds. Sure. They're actually going to have both the men and the women competing at the same time, two briefcases. I think AJ Styles wins the men, and I think Nia Jax uh, wins the women's. Ooh, interesting. The irresistible force. Well, there you have it. We'll talk about it next week. We'll continue to look at the schedule. We'll continue to find value. And we'll see if Kevin was right. This is another edition of the Early Line. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.